The End of the World is Just the Beginning by Peter Zeehan. And I don't know if you've ever read his book, um, but it's, he's talking in the book about how the global economies are changing and how we're, we look at China as our, our, our near peer threat, and they are. But in 10 years, they will not have the workforce. They will die off to sustain the work that they're doing now. We are not far behind them. Welcome to the Lojo Show. I'm your host, Low Richard Jones. I am the founder and managing member at BlackRock Engineering and Technology. I have over 21 years of cybersecurity experience, and I am honored to be able to bring some of that experience to you. Thank you for joining us on episode five of our exclusive series with Katie Arrington. We have given Katie a platform to let loose and let us know what the real deal is. If you haven't listened to the first four episodes with Katie, I highly recommend you go and give that a listen. Katie continues to give us the on-the-ground perspective about security within the Department of Defense. All views of our guests are their own and are not reflective on the opinions of the host or our sponsors. We are very excited to continue this series. Please join us for this fantastic episode. We hope you enjoy. All right, everyone, welcome to part five of this series with Katie Arrington. Um, today, we're going to talk about our small businesses, right? Security is an imperative and how they can take the reins. Um, little background and stuff here. Uh, as Katie has been discussing CMMC and all the yeah, all the components and drivers and stuff too behind that and what we're looking at is one protecting ourselves against adversaries through both government and through the uh, through the dib uh one of the things from my background was working on the other side from industry in responding and working uh with companies and organizations to look at their compliance and their cyber hygiene and how they would also be able to comply with that in the future um with that there's a couple of takeaways that we had one is that uh, the first messages that we typically got from organizations and small businesses was that's too hard, that's too expensive, there's no way that we could do this. And the last one was, we don't understand what they're asking us to do, right? These were some of the first responses there. And so being a provider in that area, of course, the natural question on that was, is it the timing? Is it the complexity of your organization or is it that you just really don't want to do it because you have an attorney or an accountant saying that, that that's not possible? And I will say that usually it was what was perceived to be the cost of that and what their accountant and their attorney <laughs> were saying at that point before mm -hmm. actually going in, reading what it was that's being asked of the organization and, and right off the bat going, we don't know if we can do those capabilities for this type of cost and stuff from there. So with that, we're going to dovetail in this from Katie's perspective. And really, security is an imperative. What did you see in your interactions with the industry, in particular, the small businesses? I mean, I think you nailed it, right? The first thing is, no, it's too hard. Is it really? No. Let's stop for a minute. 
think about that. Um, your your point very well taken about lawyers getting involved, right? I know we have an extremely litigious society, to say the very least. But it, you know, lawyers often advise. Uh, they're not technical, right? They they often advise and you know terms or conditions they put, and they say, oh, well, you can't do that. You know that that that's out of the realms of the contract, etc. Let's, you know, let's break down, and I think there are, some, there are some key issues, and I think, you know, you and I could talk for hours, probably, you know, I could talk on this, but let's make sure we're talking apples to apples, okay? Um, one of the things that we did in the CMMC, um, the first book we put out, or guidebook, we put what the NIST requirement, what it says in NIST. And then we put it, what it said in the ISO 27001, right? Because they're, they're, they're pretty much aligned. Then we put it into how a technical person would understand it. And then we put in how a layman would understand it. Uh, and I said to them, when I wrote, the, when, when we did the first iteration, you need to write it like an eighth grader can read it. That's the only way they're going to understand it. It's got to be an eighth grader. Um, because that's just some, you know, the vast amount, that's what, what they take in. So requirements are needed to be understood and, and make sure that everybody understands the requirement and that it's in a framework that the small business can understand it as well as the large, because it's got to be in the competitive nature. And that, I think that's one of the biggest barriers we have, right? Um, if you're a small business, and you're, you know, you're a CEO, uh, you've, you've started it, you understand certain things, you've hired on, you know, maybe you're up to 20, 30 people, and the, the vast majority don't, right? Um, how do you make it so everybody understands it? Because security is the imperative. And the security of your company working with the Department of Defense is no different than the security of your company working with a bank, working with anybody, right? So generally on your network, as a small business, you're carrying your, your, your employees, PHI or PII, their personal information. You're carrying banking information because you're probably doing direct deposits on paychecks, payroll. Um, you're probably paying your vendors all from your keyboard, right? Your, your secret sauce or whatever makes you unique is, is held within, you know, you're, you're either storing it in cloud or on, on hard drives on, on, on your network. Um, so security is an imperative for you. It's, it's not a, a question of, do I need it? <laughs> and, and that's, I think, been the, the, I, one of the bigger parts for industry to understand is that it's the, 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 the whole push for cyber, you know, when it started, and let's all go back to when this all began, right? It, it started in, with President Obama writing the executive order. And why he wrote that executive order in 2015 was because the F-35 got copied. <laughs> China made the J-22. And it was all of us. So it's, it's security for small businesses is, I think, more critical than the large. And here's why. They're targeted more. It's a hell of a lot easier for an adversary 
to go after 10 small businesses than one large, like a, a, a Deloitte or a Lockheed, right? Because they know you're good. They know that you have a lot more at risk. The small doesn't. And they're easier to go after. And that's why I say it's security for small businesses is more critical. And they're the ones we need to be concerned about. Plus, our economic base of this country is based on small businesses. And we need you. We need you to be good. So how do we make requirements easily ingestible and understandable and executable and compliant? And we, we ensure compliance because it's about a lot more than just national security. It's your business security. And, you know, one, you know, misstep of a small business can end them versus a large has enough you know, I would say, you know, areas where they're, they can be good at, um, that they maintain. Right. And that's, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, a small business loses one customer, they're probably out of business. And how do you ensure that, that, that capability and security is the imperative? Um, you know, I, I've, I've often talked about, you know, the company that produces widget B, right? And the adversary uh, comes in, you know, you know, the machines on the floor, they don't necessarily get the updates that are needed, the patches, right? And the adversary changes the, the drilling component on widgets and it's off one, one, one hundred of uh, uh, an inch. So the average eye isn't going to get it. Quality control probably won't get it. Um, it gets put into a product and the product fails and they, the pipe, the, you know, the supply chain goes back and finds the problem. That's the problem. Get rid of the problem. Find somebody else to do it. That's where small businesses are right now. And, you know, ransomware on a small business, you know, $250,000 on a large and ransomware is nothing. $250,000 on a small is a lot. Um, your network going down getting turned off for a day can cripple you, you know, larges can limp along. Um, so it really is an imperative that we've got to get, you know, an understanding of it's not too hard. It's necessary. Um, and I'll, I, you know, I, I go to this and, and, and all the consulting work that you've done throughout your career, right? What are the first few things in a company when you come in that you have to have, right? People don't complain about having to have, you know, get business licenses or, um, you know, fire insurance or, you know, all, all these other things to work with the government, to work with anybody. They're just requirements. You just got to have them. They're the got to have. Why is cyber not a got to have? Cyber is not a got to have a lot of times at the beginning because really it was not essential to them acquiring business. It wasn't essential to them initially operating and stuff from that. It wasn't there specifically spelled out typically for small companies to do this for cybersecurity stakes. It's normally, you need to do this. You need to get out, get your capture management in place, right? You need to go out and get your partnerships and stuff done. That's usually what you thought of when you came in, started your small business and began to do your work. When you bring even employees and stuff in at first, right? Um, you know, on that, yeah. it wasn't clear work then. Yeah. There was some security and discussion and stuff about it, but at the end it's, Hey, we've got to get to market, right? We've got to get to market. We need to get our contract and stuff on that. And we need to make money right off the bat. Boom, 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 boom. That is your beginning yeah. for most small businesses. 
And for me, I, and in this day and age, I don't see how a small business can start without thinking about, okay, am I secure? I, I just, and one of the things that I, I it, you know, um, gosh, I can't remember Mark's last name. I want to say Mark Murphy, but then the National Cyber Solarium report, um, which, you know, I, I talked about previously, had a, a national standard for cyber so that everybody could understand it, right? Easily understand so that they understood what's at risk because your small business that you may have started, you know, 20 years ago isn't, isn't in the same environment now. It's a different world. And, you know, you joke around about when Al Gore, I joke around, Al Gore created the internet. He didn't know what he was really doing. Um, but it's because the way we are set up, we are so interconnected in every aspect of our businesses than any other point in history in time, you have to. And how do you quantify that as even in your startup costs, right? How do you quantify that? You know, when you go in and you're starting a business, you're gonna need X amount of money for business licenses. You're gonna need to lease the building. You're gonna need to have payroll for people. You're gonna need, you know, you're gonna need to buy, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the materials to make, you know, laptops, computers, printers, et cetera, whatnot. I think we need to help get that, that level of requirement for security, not just physical security, because you think about that, you know, as a small business, okay, so I need to get ADP and I need to, you know, I need to have a physical security. I need an alarm system. We need to help that be ingrained from the start. And the companies that have been in existence, this is why I say, you know, we, we, we shouldn't, um, you know, if, if we could get a, a one-time grant, here's what you need to get good, but there's all kinds of legal pitfalls in that because industry has been saying they've been doing this stuff in contracts. And this is where, you know, it goes back to, you can't undo the past, right? So when the DFAR rule went in, the 7012 went into effect in 2015 and, and it had to be in all contracts by 2017. An industry just checked the box that they were doing all of the controls of the, the NIST special publication 800-171, the 110 controls, and they weren't. So you can't go back in time and say, I need more money now because you said you were doing all that stuff then. How do we bridge that gap now? How do we correct that, that sin of the past? Any, do you have any thoughts on that? One. The requisite that used to be to start a business right up there is we, we used to do, hey, let's do our SAM registration, right? Let's get our SAM registration and stuff done. But the thing is, is that the, the, the culture itself, right? When we look at small business, when we look at small business um, education, right? One of the starting pieces of that is, look, we're in an important role of supplying our Department of Defense with essential capabilities, right, that will enable our warfighter and that would uh, enable for our government to, you know, operate and use the tools and capabilities that we have available. And that could be as simple as sweeping the floor. That can be as simple as um, providing guards and gates and stuff from that. But the requirement to actually be in place as far as saying, look, small business, you have to be ready to protect what you have. You're going to have information about our facilities. You're going to have information about this. For you to do this, here's what we require of you. And that that's explicit. 
and framed out for them. And then from there, give them the ability to have the resources of saying, look, you have people who consult on this. You have people that uh, provide, you know, information and, you know, step, step-by-step, um, you know, step-by-step uh, instructions as far as on how to do this and also on how to do this from a business standpoint too. Because the number one fear is that this is going to get in the way of our business, right? But no, it's actually an enabling point of your business. This is also what big companies have, have also discovered is that this is how we actually enable our business to continue to run, to be resilient and to continue to run in environments in which there are threats and stuff out there. So here's what the next steps are from there. Again, it's that collaboration component and that has to be absolutely clear to them, just as clear as do your SAM registration. Yeah, oh, I, I, couldn't, I could not agree more. And I would say that the mapping out for a small to do that is critical, right? Um, understand, you know, the understanding that today you're starting your business. It's going to take you a while to build all the capabilities and bring it all in so that you're at this level. What is your pathway to get there? How are you, how are you going to get to good? And is the prime going to help you get to good? Is what are what are the aspects, the tools that you're going to use? Are you going to go to your local um, PTAC uh, to help you? Are you going to go, you know, are you going to have a lawyer? Are you going to hire a consultant to, to map it out for you? What does it look like? Um, does that align with your contract, right? That's another one, right? That, that's where, you know, in the previous podcast, I talked about, you know, cloud service providers creating small business packages so that they can build up to where they need to be. Um, those are essential pieces that it, it's hard to map out when you're first starting, right? You don't think about all of that. You know, even I, you know, my husband um, owns a surveying company and I'll use his as an example. And, and he's never done any government work just so anybody on there thinks, I mean, never, never did any government work. But when we started this whole process, you know, he's like, why would you require surveyors to do this? I'm like, well, because you're, you're going in and you're um, taking in tax maps, you're taking in, um, in bids, you're getting all of the, the, the AutoCAD, so you know what you're bidding on. Um, so you know where the sewer is, you know where everything is. That, that stuff's critical, right? You need to have two-factor authentication uh, for your company. Uh, you know, so you, you, these computers, your systems have access um, how do you do it? And, you know, they went with a, a different, you know, two-factor uh, system than I've, you know, what he chose. But it was understanding that risk. You know, you're taking, even just doing this bid, you're taking the risk. Um, and, and those are private industry, right? Um, because the, the adversary is very interested in how Lockheed Martin does their two-factor authentication, right? They're very interested in that. Because more than likely, their smalls are doing it. So if they can find their way into one, they find their way into many. So small businesses, you really, I mean, the, the consultants, and I guess that, you know, goes back to this, you know, the jack of all trades, master of none. As a small business, you should be comfortable in saying, I'm not an expert at that. And I need to go and, and get that capability. That, I think, is a, a, a barrier or something that small business, you know, because they're so new and they, they want to, you know, I can do it all. You can't do it all. Right. And understand that, that that's okay. 
you know, hire a consultant. Cybersecurity as a service is not a bad idea. Um, it, it also helps you be very, um, I, I guess the way we, if, if you have an outside consultant help you, like cybersecurity as a service, um, when there's a problem, they're going to tell you there's a problem versus an employee might try and hide the problem, right? Maybe worried about job security, et cetera. I'm not saying that that's a reality. He's just saying it's a risk. You know, you got to well, look at it and say, they have okay, a whole this... industry built for that, built built on that, right? My companies have yep. you know, external audit, right? My companies have it, internal audit that's 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 subsidized by you know by by contractors and consultants, right? There's entire industries on it, and you know one of the things that is out there is that we have. We have the luxury of even things like Google, right? Where we can go and say, hey, I need, I, I need help understanding how to meet the security concerns of my government through my contracting, right? And you can get a lot of hits on that from professional services companies, right? That, 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 that pops up and, and you know, in some cases, you're able to review also their background and stuff too to kind of see that. But that is set up for you. You know, a lot of folks will go out first and say, hey, I need cost accounting consulting in that case, right? Well, that's one, that's a specialist. Security should be looked at, looked at the same way from, you know, from a, you know, from a, from a, from a small business standpoint of, look, this is a imperative, you know, for us to have, because really now the game is data, right? You may think that your data is mm -hmm. not important, but- the thing is, is that with the acquisition of data through illegal means from nation states and stuff, they just want to collect data because you know what? Yep. They now have the technology to scrape and scrub through that data to find what it is that they need and what they want and to make recommendations even to themselves of what they should do with that data or how that connects with other data. So the game now is collecting more and more and more and more data. So that your adversary has a Google-like opportunity to really put two and two together to say, this is the plane, right? This is the tank. This is the facilities. <laughs> These are the people that oh, we need they to do. infiltrate it. That's all it is now is can they collect more and more data? So the more that we're absolutely able to restrict that data from being taken or being you know, exfiltrated from our organizations, the better, because the more and more they have, the better their AI gets, right? The better they oh, yeah. data warehousing I, gets. That's what it is. That is the game right now. And that, and in, in why the small businesses are so key in this, is, and, and, you know, why I'm so passionate about them is, and I, I say this, you have no idea how valuable you are. You have no idea. You know, making, uh, you know, a fastener, you have no idea how valuable you are to this program, period. But you have no idea how much the adversary values you. <laughs> they love you, right? It's, they want to know, and I've talked about this, China is 20 years behind us in software development. Why? Because they didn't develop any. We did, right? And every innovation that we are learning right? We are creating, and we still are bleeding edge as, as much as the world talks about, you know, there, I would say there are two 
main drivers of security in the world right now. Um, Israel, phenomenal at security. You want to talk about a country that knows security? Israel's like the guys, right? And then you look at what China's doing. Now, China is not really doing anything more than really getting good at AI. And they're getting really good at AI because they have been doing nothing but ingesting data for 20 years. We've been innovating. We have been creating. They have been sucking all of that that and, and spending time on how to build on it, like how to make it all make sense in the, you know, the puzzle pieces. We've been focused on making each individual puzzle piece. They've been working on how to put the puzzle together to make it go better and faster. We have to understand that. That's how they got to where they are. And I think the world is going to be on how we go from this point forward, right? We've got to stop giving them free data. Feeling it, however they're getting it, they have to stop giving our data. Because otherwise, we're just in this loop. And you think about it, it's, I could go into this for days, but they, you know, you think, who are the two major um, uh, countries for uh, students to go to school in America? China and Iran. Now, Iran has a tremendous amount of, of students in nuclear engineering right now. Why is that? Think about that, folks. They're sending their children to your country to get educated because we're the best. And they're going back and they're taking it. China, you know, Russia to some degree, um, you know, they've been sucking our data and your data is so essential and they love it, right? They've, you know, if you figured out a way to do scheduling, right? This is so, so simplistic, right? But you have figured out how to do scheduling. And I, there's a great example, um, Brett Goodstein, Goldstein, sorry. He, he was director defense digital services. He was actually a beat cop um, in Chicago and was struggling, right, because it just seemed like they couldn't get ahead of the game. Now, this is, mind you, 15, 20 years ago. Um, couldn't get ahead of the game. And he developed a program that had the, used the, the, the police force more efficiently in the way they did their, their beats, their, their, their routes. The adversary got that, you know, the same mentality, right? Why does UPS or FedEx only make right turns? How long did it take us to figure that out? And then it went right over, over there. It's, it, it's, it's this, what we're learning, what we create, the innovation we come up with, they take and then they build upon and, and at the speed of. And small businesses are the ones that create the innovation for the most part. You're the innovator. The small business is the innovator. That, you know, person that figured out how to, you know, drone swarm capability, right? That was a small business that came up with that originally, right? That type of information is really, really critical. Um, how to take it from defense to dual use. Small business is going to be the one to do that. Your information is really, really critical. And it doesn't need to be as, you know, as sophisticated as swarm technology, anything like that. The adversary is very interested in it. and they're. They're preying on you because you're not as savvy as the bigs, and we've got to get you there. That's the, the whole thing is don't be afraid to say you don't know. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. And 
when you you do go out and you look at services, and this is what we made you were talking about, you know, going out and looking and googling for services. Make sure that they're selling you the right thing, right? Um, that's I think one of the, the 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 things that I'm concerned about about companies preying on company, you know, going to them and saying you need this. It's kind of like walking into a dealership and you just need a truck and you end up driving out of Ford Escalade fully maxed out, right? How do we help and make sure that the requirements are clear enough to understand in the business terms and the lawyers are looking at the contract that you're only buying what you need and you're not buying, you know, the the, the luxury model and, and you're only going to be using the capability of, of you know, a, a, a standard stick driving truck. Good point. Does that, am I making sense on that? No, good point. Because I, that, that was a that 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 was a that was a challenge as well. Where, you know, when this came out, people were like, immediately, we got to go to everything Cloud, right? That was one of the yeah. That was one of the responses and reactions, right, from industry, which meant to them, okay, that's much more expense for us in that case, as far as going to GovCloud everything, right? Government version of this, government version yep. of that, government version of of these things, which that's at a premium, right? For it, most amen. organizations. And it wasn't the case that you had to go to that. And no. I, I know there was a lot of discussions, you know, around that, that look, these are capabilities. If these capabilities are in line, then these capabilities are what gives you the ability to, to do this. And I, you know, even some small businesses got into the, ITAR conversation of wait a minute, we have ITAR, we have ITAR things, but they only had one little product or assembly that was ITAR, whichever from there, right? And then we go, well, we yeah. have to have our whole organization now under a under a GovCloud component for that. It was like, well, you don't just pass your ITAR information along that simply, right? That's 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 not what you're doing, <laughs> right? So that solution doesn't fit your business model. There are other ways to really address these types of things and process and procedure and stuff too from your end versus going the same direction that say a large company would have to go in order to comply. Yep. And, and I think there's a lot of, and, and I, I, I'm probably going to send some people by saying this. I think there's a lot of predatory entities out there right now mm-hmm. that are making a ton of money on this where it's, where it's not needed or necessary. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the part of anything new, right? You're going to get the people out there to make a quick buck. They're in, they're out. And there are the ones that are really in it to help you, right? They, they, they care. They want to make it better for you. That's their, you know, so advice for any small business that's listening, right? Um, when you go out and you should, right? You, even if you could afford to do it all internally, you should understand what your options are. You should look at cybersecurity as a service. You should look at it on a long term. You know, you buy into the capability today. Are you going to have that money to reinvest when that capability, that requirement changes in the next five years, two years, right? Because it is. I mean, technology is moving at the speed of light, right? If you invest in it and you own it and it's in your environment, do you have the money to continually upgrade it? And you have to think about that. Right, whereas cybersecurity is a service, you're you're you may be paying a little bit more in a premium to have someone else do it, but they're also in charge of developing at the, the speed of technology. So you can your, your contract gets renewed every year. You get new new product in every year, right? That's 
that's something to be think, thinking of when you're setting up your, 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 your compliance aspect, right? Um, there's, there's also the risk of making sure that the company that you're, you're using is a cyber, you know, I don't know that a lot of people do enough due diligence on who they work with, right? Just because you have all these wonderful names at the bottom of your, 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 you know, your partners with, if you're going to be using one of these entities, right? Ask them for a list of references, call the references and ask them for references that are in your same business model. Don't ask for a reference of a PWC, right? You want somebody who's worked with them on the level that you're going to be working with them and how the, how the response was. I, I, I don't think we do enough of that, right? We just take it. If it's on the website, it's great. It's good. You're working with these people. Okay, let me talk to one of, you know, let me talk to a CISO that's been working with you for two years, right? In my field. I, I got to know how it sounds on the other side. Um, those are those are big things, right? Um, I think bringing in in a small business specifically, right? You may not have the opportunity to employ a full time CISO. Getting a part time or a consultant, you know, a CISO isn't just you know the chief information security officer. It's their job generally, and correct me if I'm wrong in the way I, I look at CISO is it's they're the 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 um, Gosh, my brain just went out. They're the, the conductor of an orchestra. That's what their job is. They are looking at multiple different areas of what security is, you know, whether it be physical security, whether it be, you know, cyber security, um, the, the intranet versus the internet, all the aspects of security. Um, and, and looking at this as a conductor, right? Because that's what their job is. You know, sometimes you need to tune this up a little bit and tune this one down a little bit. Um, look at getting a consultant to do that for you, right? Let your brain, jack of all trades, master of one, you're really good at doing X. Don't take on Y because the X factor will go down. And that's what made your business great. Don't, don't compromise that. That's, that's advice that I think small businesses, it's hard to hear. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, if you join, I don't know if you, if you were ever like part of a YPO, young professional organization, um, a lot of the mentorship is about just that yep. in small businesses that you need to look outside beyond, you know, your environment and look to bring in consultants, but also make sure, you know, your consultants aren't going to bulk you for money. Um, and not provide any, you know, real tangible, here's what you need to do. Um, and the other part I'd say in all your consulting work that you've done, um, it's okay when a consultant says to you something and your gut says, don't do it. It's not what you need. Know your gut, right? No, rely on your gut instincts on, on things as well as a business owner, because you got to where you are because you're good. Uh, and to that end, we... we and to that end, it's that's with that's with any advisor, right? In your, um, you know, in your world, you know, the advisor is going to advise again from their perspective, while also trying to correlate that perspective with your business need, right? As an as an organization, um, you know, for instance, I serve as a CISO through a CISO as a service program um, for multiple companies. And really the job in that case is to one, engender the collaboration and stuff of that. 
very few direct reports, but definitely working across the organization, you know, across their accounting, their acquisition, right, as well as across their, uh, either their engineering teams and stuff too, to enable them with the tools and capabilities, as well as the policy and leadership from a security standpoint. But every, you know, not everything that's recommended is actually adopted or taken, right? And that is the perspective from a, you know, from a business owner standpoint to make those decisions there. And that you're still driving the bus, but you have advisors that's giving you uh, one angles, points, ideas, um, uh, as well as stats or best practices and stuff from there. Or let me say it is leading practices that they see, but sometimes those leading practices do not add up to what you need as an organization. And that's where your discerning as either a business owner or a leader in an organization comes into play. Use the advisor in that way to get the ideas and stuff that you need from there. But then, and then as well as get their, their recommendation, but then it's, look, does this make business sense for us? Yes, no, or here's another question for the advisor in that case. What have you seen with organizations like mine, right? That is an important question. Uh, and I think you kind of nailed it as far as on, the, uh, on, that, uh, on that point there. Is this right for me? Mm-hmm. And, and looking, and, and this is, you know, one of the other things is where do I want to be, right? It's, it is so hard to run a small business because you're, you know, you're fighting day to day, you know, to get, you know, to, to stay o- open, right? But you also have to have that, where do I want to be in 10 years? And how am I going to get there, right? And in government contracting, it's, you know, it's an art of, looking to source, um, you know, of course, new capabilities and innovation that you have a passion about, make sure you're passionate about it, right? Um, I'm passionate about cyber, very passionate. So I love it. It's not work for me, right? But you want to look to see where, you know, where you want to, you know, drive your, 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 your innovation, your kit and your company to, and the advisors on what are you going to need to do that, right? It's, so, okay, you want to take on and next year you want to go after these these five contracts, right? And your P-win is going to be, you know, you're targeting at a 70% P-win, all right? What are you going to need in the bank? What are you going to need, you know, as, as far as, you know, space? Are you, you know, are you going to do this from, are you going to telework? How you do this? It's, there's so much to it. Don't burden yourself solely with doing that. I guess I'm mainly talking to the owner that understand that it's okay to look at outside people to come in and help you do that um, and, and plan it out. But part of that is also planning out your security, right? As you start to grow your business, right? Prime real estate, office space is going to probably be a challenge. You're going to have people working remotely. How are you going to build that into your pro? How are you going to build that in? How do you look at that? And, and what is good because you don't have time to go to you know shows and and you know find out what the the newest thing is and you know you're you have teleworking and now you you need to make sure you're compliant with the government requirements but now you're letting people go out to telework getting you know one of the things i i i I wanted was and it's you know like i said in a previous podcast you know if i could rule the world for one day (laughs) just one day i wanted a chart of a company, right? A securities company that was offering cybersecurity as a service for them to list off what of the 110 controls of the NIST their product covered. 
wouldn't that be awesome? That this is what I do. This, 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 this. And so you could put a matrix together on your own, right? I, I've got these, you know, 50 capabilities out of this one product. I have these out of this product. And you could put that together. It was, you know, it, I, I get, it, you know, an idealistic view of how it could be, but it, I don't see how it, it couldn't be, right? That seems real simple, right? I'm not going to get everything from one provider. Okay, well, I'm going to get this amount from this provider at this cost. I'm going to get this amount for this cost. If I was to do it in-house, it would be for this much. And this is how I'm going to go about doing my business. Um, that, I, I hope I, you know, I've seen some move to it. Um, I know that while I was in the Pentagon, a lot of companies came in and they said, well, we're, we're gearing our, our capability to show how we, we match up to the CMMC model. Um, since that's so much in flux and people just don't know where they're going on that one, I, I know it's been a challenge, but why can't they align it to the NIST, right? 171, because the, the CMMC is essentially the 171. Um, that to me is easy. Right, that should be on every company's website that that provides a, a tool in that capacity. You meet these these capabilities. Before we continue this great conversation, I've got to tell you about our sponsor, BlackRock Engineering and Technology. BlackRock is a cybersecurity consulting company that is led by industry experts and specialists. BlackRock's innovative approach provides solutions for enterprises of all sizes. They are a minority-owned, service-disabled, veteran-owned small business that is proud to offer innovative solutions tailored to your needs. If you are looking for customizable, affordable cybersecurity services, check out their website at www.blackengtech.com. That's www.blackengtech.com. Now, back to the show. Oh, especially if they're targeting companies that will be doing business with the DOD, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But see, I still, this is, this is where I go. This isn't just DOD, right? Mm-hmm. This, this goes beyond if you're dealing with a bank, you know, you're doing the, the NIST granted it's for, you know, it's for non-federal systems, but they're just good business practices. Anybody in this day and age, that is just standard operating procedure for business. And we have this thing that we associate this complexity of security working with the DOD. Um, if you're working in anything, that, that same complexity, because we are all so interconnected, it's for everybody. That's why the, I go back to the cyber solarium saying that there needed to be a national cyber standard to do business in America, because everybody's interconnected some way, shape, or form. And we used to play six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, and, and I go back to the supply chain side, right? The one of the, the in the, cause I led the, um, the COVID pandemic PPE acceleration <laughs> for FEMA, HHS, DOD. One of the fun things, A, we created control towers so we were able to you know, bring everything together. But when I pointed out to people, um, and this was under the guise of a national emergency, you know, you all have this common supplier and you're all interconnected with that one supplier. Did you know that? And if that supplier gets hit, you're all hit. Did you know that? And they were like, no. I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
you are. Um, that's why I say it's not just DOD. It's everything. I mean, that's I still stand on the fact, you know, that this, you know, day and age, we are all connected some way, somehow, tangentially um, to each other in this environment. And, you know, if you bank at Bank of America or you bank at, you know, Citizens First or, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're all interconnected because you're if you're banking, think about this. If you're running payroll through a payroll company, how many other companies is that payroll company doing business with? So you want that payroll company to have the same cyber requirements as you do because you're risking your business with them. That's why I say it's not just DOD. It's, it's everybody's got to get good to stay to, to, to be competitive and to stay, you know, in, in the market. Mm-hmm. But I, that, that I, and the more that we, one of the things that small business drives, right? More competition drives what? Greater quality, lesser cost. It's cost. Because people will figure out. And, and that's why I'm disheartened at the way they're rolling out the CMMC now, right? Because it was going to drive a market to get to where we needed it to be, right? We got really great in World War II at mass production. Why? Because we needed it, right? We needed a lot of airplanes. We needed a lot of boats. We needed a lot of guns, right? So we drove it. We drove that market. And it, drew, it drove up quality. It drove down cost because there was competitiveness. And the CMMC and why are we saying five-year rollout be done? Because I knew it would happen, right? I understand business. Now this languishing, it's, it's, co- it's driving the cost up because there isn't, there, the people are reluctant to get into, into it because they're nervous that it won't be there. The government needs to pull up their big girl panties and saying, we're doing it now. This is what's happening. We did it before. And that will level it out. But this languishing and what they're doing over this three-year period is costing more money versus just doing, pulling the Band-Aid off and saying, getting it done. That's just my perspective. But that's what I see the, the small business is paying for right now is because the government can't pull up their big girl panties. Yep. And they need to. And here's the here's another little crux to it too is that um, you know to your point about what businesses or what companies that have products or services and stuff from there that would be in that being able to have uh, a register of yep they have these particular controls or they cover that with their product well most organizations that have a product that they're selling internationally need to usually provide that ISO. You know, the ISO, you know, yep. 27,000 cert, right? For their services mm-hmm. for that, right? And it's so easy because it's one of the first questions that came up as we were going through this of, okay, what is CMMC for some of these organizations that have already been an international company and have been selling to European clients and, you know, other customers and stuff too from there? And you know, one of the first questions is, is this like a, is this a, is this like a certification for us? that we can pass to our customers for them to say, okay, yep, uh, we have assurance that they do follow at least this minimal set of, you know, controls and minimal set of practices and stuff too across the board. And- Well, that was- Go ahead. In in the beginning. So I was the one that said reciprocity, right? Mm -hmm. You've paid money to get ISO 2700 certified. That, so what I originally said was, 
and, and this is was with, with industry, right? We should give credit for those those items in the ISO that you're doing, right? And we did that in the CMMC. We translated. I, I we said, here's in this requirement. Here's the ISO standard if it exists, right? Mm-hmm. You should get credit if you've already paid for ISO, right? Yep. But and and then it goes back to a couple of conversations ago. You know why we didn't go and, and just change ISO twenty seven hundred. Well, it's very complicated, and it would have. I mean, look at how long it's taken us. We create the NIST, mm-hmm. and we can't even get our collective shit together on this, right? Yeah. How am I supposed to get the rest of the world to get on board with this? Right. Um, sorry, I'm. I swore, but it's it's it, that's the thing. But there should be in the CMMC, whichever way they go forward with it, they need to give credit for ISO certification on the, the areas, and they should have a reduced rate from the auditor coming in if they can produce the ISO cert. That's, that's business, right? You're not going to, we don't want, because ultimately the taxpayer's paying for it, we don't need to pay for redundancy, right? ISO is an accepted, you know, um, certification, ISO 9000, ISO 2700, mm-hmm. you're paying for that. The government's paying for it already. Why would I expect you to pay for it again for a CMMC auditor? They should have, you know, like, okay, you have an ISO 2700. Here's the rate for your CMMC audit. It, because you've, what, out of that, I think it was 70 controls. I, 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 it's been a minute since I looked at it, but no, I mean, I think that's, that's yeah. sound business. Right. Because ultimately the taxpayer is paying for it and you don't want to pay twice. But we needed and that's part of the, you know, once again, and this is I'm not trying to poke poke the CIO office right now. Right. But literally. You we can't. (laughs) It just gives me so like I just you've got spurs. Right. Mm -hmm. And spurs is still. Self-attestation. And the DIBCAC, DCMA, doesn't have enough to, I mean, originally, let's, let's go back and why did we create CMMC? Because we needed the compliance and we knew the government couldn't afford to do it in-house, ultimately, right? But SPURS is still, it's self-assessment. You, you're still, so you're going into a database and you're logging it. And you draw the lottery, and if CMS DIBCAC audits you, there's no real penalty, right? They can withhold five percent, right? Um, but there's there's always a, a get back. And then now they're talking about, you know, getting um, in the the conversations I've been listening to on all these seminars online and whatnot. They're talking about, you know, CMMC after award. Are you crazy? Right? That's you're done, right? If it's not if you don't have the capability before award, after is bad. That's like trying to, you know, you know, put a uh, put the plane together in flight. No, 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 no. It's but they've there's so many ways that they could be doing this better. It's just everybody has gotten so afraid of doing it. And that was the one, you know, superpower that, that, you know, I, I, I will say that the team that was in place had at the time was we were okay with taking the risk. Right. And the, the legal battles that may ensue, right. Were so insignificant to what we were losing that it was worth the risk. And I'm so disheartened that they're not there now. 
that they don't understand what they're losing. So at, in 2019, the taxpayer, U.S. taxpayer, was losing to our adversaries in, in just straight up IP theft over $4,900 a year per, per, per U.S. citizen. Think about that. We're losing almost, five, this is in 2019, $5,000 a year per person in R&D that the adversaries just straight up stealing. I think security is worth it. If I could reduce that to $1,000 a year, I'd be in a much better place, right? If I'm paying, uh, if I'm paying $1,500 to get security and I reduce that, you know, I'm still ahead of the game. And I couldn't get people to understand that. I still don't understand that, right? Why well, it's a return on investment for America? It's just, and and everybody gets in their own. It, the the bureaucracy gets in its own way. It's real simple. In the CMMC right now, guys, takes takes ISO certification and reciprocity for it. If you've had a DIDCAC, reciprocity for it. Period. If you have they need to get certified products for small businesses that they can take reciprocity. If you're going to go buy a cloud service provider, aisle five, okay. Then there's a reduced rate for the, the CMMC auditor to come in because they know that it's already been audited. FedRAMP should have reciprocity. And they've got to get their arms around that. And stop you know, whining and crying and just do it. And whether you're level one or you're level three and, and, you know, people are just, you know, there were multiple reasons. Do you know why I was, why I was adamant that every company had to have an in-person audit in the beginning of CMMC? Why it was so critical, even at level one, that they had a auditor in their building, Do you know, take a guess. Because of trust, right? I mean, you need to have an auditor to, what what one that the report itself would tell you? Look, this is what you need to do. This is where you are. Here's where you need to go. Yeah, that that fine level. Secondary, I level right. So you say you're at location X, Y, and Z on Road we, B, right? There was so much cage code theft going on. Still goes on, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, to to have an auditor actually show up at a physical site is going to drive down the risk of the adversary lying and saying that they're they're at a place. Yep. Because they are, right? It was, so you had a face, right? That you could call and say, I have a question. This just happened. Should I be concerned? I saw on the news, how many small businesses knew what SolarWinds was all about? When you see on, you know, you, you may get it on, you know, a, 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 a feed, right? A newsletter that Microsoft has a new patch out and it's an imperative. Who, who in your company is supposed to do the patch? Anybody. I mean, that's, that's why I was so adamant. And that the, the auditors, right, needed to be out there, that they needed to be in the environment. They would scale up. Um, but because the government, and here's what people didn't understand in the Katie mind. So I knew that if the government was going to set a rate and they said they were only going to pay for pay X, right? The market would stabilize around that and not go above it. So when we had the days where you could go and buy a toilet seat for a thousand dollars in the government, right? Now they're controlled. And they say, no, you can't buy, there's a set standard. 
we have a tripwire in government contracting. I think it's $170 an hour, 172 an hour. Um, that's, you know, when we got to scalability, right, and the government understood how much so much would cost, there would be a cap on how much an audit the, the government would pay. So that would limit how much industry would charge. We had to get there though, and we stalled out. So that's, I think our biggest problem right now is small businesses are the most, are paying the most for the stall, for the CMMC stall. Small businesses are the ones sucking it in, not large, because they were set up long ago. And the largest are the ones volunteering to go out and get them ahead in the game, right? To get audited first. The small businesses were the ones that we wanted to get secure first to begin with. And it scares me because they're, they're doing it wrong. There, I just said it. They're doing it wrong. They're they're focusing on the wrong things. You know, you 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 really want the small secure. Do whatever you can to get them there. Do the one-time grant if needed. You know, fund it. It's needed. It's necessary. Fifty million dollars in the in an annual budget to get the small businesses is a drop in the bucket comparatively to what we're losing. Get your collective together, DOD. Get it together. And by the way, pick up the phone. Stop. Stop you know, looking inner, internal, and look external. Because you know who are my best friends when I was doing this? Chris Krebs, Bob Kolowoski, um, Brian Ratliff. I was calling to all the other agencies. What are you doing? What do you see? What do you, where are we with this? Um, companies. And, and they need to get this done. I mean, I just can't tell you what it's costing. This delay is costing. And, you know, I, I, I blame, you know, I, I do, I, I, I will say this, I blame one person for it, right? He put the brakes on it. And it was the silliest thing to do. Silliest thing. Because now we're going to be paying for it for the next 10 years. Because there's this distrust now. I mean, do you know what's going on in the CMMC today? No clue right now. As far as just insight to what's first, second, third, fourth, and when is it going to happen? No clue right now. Yep. And I was, when I did it, man, listen, I didn't miss a date. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, but everybody could say what they wanted to say about me, but I drove, I, I and, and I was one, per, but I would not let my team tell me. And, and let me tell you, they came in, Buddy D's used to, I used to drive that man crazy. I'm like, we're, we're we have a release due on January 30th. And he's like, well, man, I'm like, nope, we've got a release. We told industry, we're trying to build trust. It's going to be done on the 30th and we're going to make it happen. And we did. I mean, you get, think about that for two solid years, the CMMC did not miss a date. Have you ever heard of the federal government not missing a date or getting an, not needing an extension? That program for two solid years didn't miss a date. And when the other bureaucrats started getting involved into it, and I was pulled away, well, things just started flipping because there's no accountability. So what if it doesn't go out on time now, right? No one's going to get fired over it. And that's, it's scary, right? They, they, it's, that was the one thing, you know, you give a date, you, you honor the date. So even in my, and I'm not trying to say I'm better because take no more, I'm full of fault, right? But when Congress said write a report and there was a due date, I freaked out. Like they said, there's a day. Let me give it better be in by that day. There were reports that the, the, the 
federal agencies have been turned in for decades. There's no accountability and there needs to be. And because industry's depending upon it, right? This, this wailing around right now is just sad. And I hope that the leaders of the DOD are listening to me. And yes, you may not like what I'm saying. And yes, you may say, you know, give me a, a thousand reason why. Okay. I'm going to give you one reason why, you know, you give me all the excuses. If you want something to happen in your life, you will make it happen. Otherwise, you will make an excuse. Any aspect of your life, if you want it, you will make it happen. You will find a way to make it happen. Otherwise, you will make an excuse. And if you ask me, they're making a whole hell of a lot of excuses. They got me out of the way because they didn't think it was a priority and they didn't want it. The, 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 the new people in the building didn't want it. Industry, sadly, complained too much. And now what? You had an opportunity, kids, to get paid for security, to get paid for what you needed to get paid for, and now where are you? And the adversary isn't stopping. And every time small businesses, you know, that they say, which really is scary, right? When you go out and you say publicly, it's too hard. You don't think that the adversary is reading that headline and going, wow, thank you. You just made my life easier. And the more that our industry complains, the more the adversary feels emboldened, right? For, for, for all kinds of reasons. That's the thing that really freaks me out. Every time, you know, the, the, and I don't mean the Small Business Administration, but when small business associations come out publicly and say, this is too hard. What do you think that, that your adversary's doing? They're running with it. And that's why I was in, you know, the, in the beginning of the CMMC, I didn't want your level of certification to be put on a website. And people didn't understand why. And I'm like, well, if you were CMMC level five and, or, or CMMC level three, the adversary knew what controls you weren't doing and that they should go in through those controls that you weren't doing. I'm like, just be CMMC certified and then go on a non-disclosure for teaming agreements to get what level you're at. That's my mind worked in a whole different like world of, you know, how the adversary could get to it. Like, don't put your level. That was one of the things with CMMI. Like everybody put their level on. So we know you're not doing. Okay, thank you. That made it a lot easier. The, the ISO is the same thing, right? You're ISO certified. That's all you should put on there. But everybody puts what ISO certifications they are. So then they know, okay, so if you're 2,700, I know you're only doing these 70. So I have these other ones to go around. It's, to me, it's warfare. It's constant, you know, how do you think ahead of the, the adversary? But that, that's just me. I'm sorry, I'm going down wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm going off subject. No, it's- Take uh, me back, Lojo. No, you're, <laughs> no it's, uh, it's fine. I mean, from a small business standpoint, most small businesses don't think in those terms. Understand what we're supporting and that we are at war when we talk about cybersecurity, we talk about um, securing our information and data and stuff, whether that's your own company information or uh, DOD data and stuff too from there. We are at war each and every day with multiple adversaries. We're not just focusing on, on just one or, or the other or one. Or the, it's multiple, right? And so, like you said, when as soon as you say that this is too hard for us or you disclose that in that case, right? Those are advantages, right? And here's the thing. You always want to go after the weakest link. It's, you know, it's, it's one of the rules of warfare. What's the weakest link? How do we hit that? How do we hit that hard? And how, what's, the, what's the amount of uh, collateral damage and stuff too that we can cause? 
uh, by doing that. And so if you look at our div and we talk about the div, right? Let's say we've got our top 25 or so companies that account for most of the revenue and stuff within the div, but then you have this huge contingent in the 200s of thousands, right? After the largest that make up that. And so if they, from a collective standpoint, as a small business are saying, this is too hard, how many targets is that? How many yeah. targets of opportunity do you see, right? What are you thinking about from how rich those are? And then the other part is, is that you actually have the ability to find out each and every one of those companies, who they are, right? You can go look them up publicly, easily, right? And then from that, you get their domain, you know who they are then, you understand who are the people in those companies, and now you are going right down the kill chain, right? That oh, yeah. is what's available to our adversaries today. So you're not a hidden target. You are wide open. They can see you. And as a oh. small business, they know that, hey, you're not going to have the complexity of these largest, right? So you're the easy target, but you also have access to the largest, which creates, makes you a weakness for the largest too. So there you go. Oh, absolutely. And the other one, so when you were saying that, just, you know, the, um, all while I went through, you know, the fake news stories about me losing my clearance and all this other stuff, um, nonsense, um, I used to say, what's the first rule of Fight Club? You don't talk about Fight Club. Ask me how many people today still have their clearance level on their LinkedIn profile. It's like, are, what? You know, have a TSSEI clearance. Do you want a bullseye on your forehead? right em employee like people need to understand the adversaries they have nothing better to do all day long but try and figure out how we're doing stuff because they're not we're doing it remember we talked about that they you know enable um how to build a boat or a sub they stole 70 years of of what we did in the navy straight up stole it r d because they, they got access to all that information. They didn't need to spend their money doing it. That's where they're getting this competitive edge on. That we're doing the hard work and they're benefiting from it. Um, your employees, like a simple thing, like don't put your clearance level out in public. That's not good, right? The adversary is looking for that one thing that they can do. You know, we talk about insider threat, right? It's, um, it's fun. This this is very interesting. I can't remember what what year it was, but in the early 2000s in Japan, they had a high level of um, suicides within middle management, and they had found that in that culture, um, letting someone down, your boss down, or your family down, you have to understand that culture is very, very, very upsetting. Um, it's different for us, right? If you get fired in Japan, it's a very, very different world than getting fired here in America, okay? It, it's just great. They had a, a um, when ransomware was just learning how to be ransomware, they targeted um, middle management in the Japanese companies with, you were the leak. You were the one that opened the email. You're hit, getting hit with the ransomware. And if you don't pay the $30,000, we're going to tell the company that you did it. And you had people taking out mortgages, loans, and whatnot to pay this or just committing suicide because they didn't want that with them because they knew who to target. 
They knew who was going to be that person in that company that they should go after. You have to think about that, right? How you're, you're, you should, you know, it's great to be out there and I'm on LinkedIn, right? But I don't, I, my job requirements are there. I don't have my cyber certifications on there. If, if an employer, if I'm putting in an application, that's great, but I don't list what courses and what I've done, you know, on my LinkedIn profile because it's a vulnerability. If, if you know somebody as a CISSP, right, you know what they know. It's things like that. It's, it's, we've got to find a way around it, but that's the same. I mean, I could go down this, this pipe for years about this. You know, just it's one to be boastful. It's, it's another to be silly and, and to put yourself at risk. No, it's, uh, I think it's, I think both the, the understanding and continuing to, to, again, educate, you know, both the small business owners and folks that are within, not just within our industry, but also outside of it, of, look, as we look at this from both our, you know, it's our free market economy, as well as just being an everyday citizen in the U.S., uh, I understand that there are people who want to turn us and weaponize us, right? Weaponize us mm -hmm. in the information we have, weaponize us in how increased pressures and stuff from that, whether it's financial uh, or in some cases reputational, right? Being able to have information about those types of things in order to uh, you know, achieve a goal, both electronically and not electronically, is the case, right? That is what's being... Um, you know, that's what's being uh, uh, perpetrated, right? And when we start to put on or lay on an industry or so on that, you know, we've got DOD, we have, you know, we have, let's say, you know, power utilities, we have technology, we have telecommunications, right? Uh, finance, healthcare and stuff too. When you lay on, when you put on those layers, these also become the apparatuses that make us comfortable as US citizens, right? It makes us comfortable because they're providing those services. The basis of our comfort in the U.S. is based on all those industries working together, right? All together, you know, DoD for for, for you know for defense, government, administration, and stuff too. From that, right? Healthcare, right? Our health is important, very important for us, right? Well, really important one is money, right? For financials, right? How you pass money from one person to the other, right? How do you buy goods and services in the marketplace and uh, you know and, and compete from there? And then as you go down the line, our, our feature comforts and stuff too that we that we need or that we definitely need uh, from that. And so that right there is an attack plan for anyone out there. Can you obstruct one of those things to give yourself an advantage or to create distrust or even create instability, you know, in our system? That is what we look at each and every day. As a security practitioner, that's what we look at each and every day of how is that threatened? How are they doing it? Uh, when are they doing it, <laughs> right? And how do we protect ourselves? Yep, and, and remember the fact that you as industry, the Department of Defense, we rely on you. We don't build anything, remember that. Your work's all being done, it's in, it's in industry, and that we, and I keep saying we, I'm no longer in the DOD, I need to stop that. Every time I do that, you should like have a buzzer and, and like buzz me. They're putting in capability that they've been, this is how you, you have to be basically the first, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. The first line of our defense 
is you. Because the the man or woman that's in the field at the at the point of conflict or in that that you know in the trenches, they're getting something that's probably built five ten years ago, right? They're depending on you to be coming and being as secure as possible because the adversary is probably coming with the capability they just got last year, w- with the exception of Russia because they are really they are really sucking wind right now, but. Think about that, right? You are the first line of defense. You are. Then it's our our military behind you in in all actuality. You build it. You're you're producing it and you're developing it and and providing it. They're just using what you've built. You're our first line of defense. It's not the other way around. And, And that's one thing that people need to really understand. The industrial base is the first line of defense. You have to be better than than anything because we're all relying on you so that those men and women can achieve the goal that we need them to achieve. And and I, I think that's something people don't often think about in that way, that that's, that's the first line of defense, the dip and what you're doing. Awesome. Katie, and, thank you again. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, no, I was just going to say, in the vast majority of the div is small businesses. I mean, three hundred thousand, you know, less than one percent of that is large. Remember that mm-hmm. the vast majority is small. Yep. So you matter. Please, you matter. But I love chatting with you. It is. I, I enjoy these podcasts. No, this is a this I'm, is a this, this is a good time. This is a good time for me. Um, for. Uh, cybersecurity discussions, a little bit of an inside look as far as on how our, our world and our government and stuff operates and stuff in, in this area. You know, I would have thought I'd know 90% of what goes on, but I'm very quickly finding I only know about 30. <laughs> well, it's, and, and the DOD is just, it's, it's one entity unto itself. And I said, in the, you know, one of the, you know, I listened to uh, you, you put out a snippet, you know, about how the services don't work together generally. And I had a couple of service leaders call me like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, tell me I'm wrong. I'm like, yeah, but you don't say that. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> I am. And welcome to Katie world that, you know, listen, it's not, it's, it's the first thing to getting better is acknowledging you have a problem. We have a problem. Let's fix it. Come on now. But you know, that was really funny. That was that little snippet you put out. I got so many, I, I, five phone calls. What do you mean? We don't get along. I'm like, well, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But um, can't wait till our next segment. I hope everybody listening um, is, you know, comment back to to the show, right? And he's, he's and every, he, the fact that you reached out to me to even do this is amazing. Um, it just kind of, you know, I, I thank you for the opportunity to even be here and talk to you. So thank you. Very, very humbled and honored. No, no, thank you. I, I think one of the, the, the premises for, for my show is, is really to um, really to, to get the awareness out there. Right. Uh, I think that we have entire um, we have entire both industries, practices, and, and care for our country, but not just our country, but just the, the ability as a human being to uh, be able to function, function in a safe, you know, safe society. And that's, you know, I think that's the key. And some one of the one of the pieces that becomes important in that is being able to one have the truth, but be informative, right? 
informative to the yep. people we care about. And I think that's one of the things as far as the audience on this podcast and stuff too, are folks that we care about, both practitioners as well as consumers of services and stuff too that are there that uh, need more, better information each and every day uh, to get better at what they do every day too. And so if we can achieve that. Yep then I will do anything. I don't, I want, I want, uh, you know, I want that to be a, a free flow of, uh, of information and ideas and stuff too. That's, you know, going back and forth, but at the same time, uh, not ever muzzling anyone because that's our advantage in the world period, you know, in the U S is that, uh, we should not muzzle. It should be on top. It should be a, Hey, if there's a problem, there's a problem. If there's a solution, Hey, there's a solution to it. Let's go ahead and make sure that we have that out there. And you'll continue to get better. Yep. Yeah. All right. We'll listen to our next segment. And uh, thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Katie. You take care. Take care. Bye. That's all for this episode of The Lojo Show. We want to thank Katie Arrington for coming on with us today on this amazing episode in our exclusive series, Exposing the Truth About DOD Security. If you want to help us out, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. If you want to see updates on this series and more content, follow our Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube pages. If you have questions for Katie or want to come on the show, you can send us an email at officiallojoshow at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. We will be releasing a new episode in this series every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We hope you're as excited as we are. With that, we will say goodbye, have a great week, stay safe, and stay secure.